right, welcome to Al and Frank Try to Be Serious, where we have a conversation that you get to listen into, and hopefully we we don't sound too sick or injured this week. Yeah, we're we're a little beat up over here. What's going on? So I'm I just have uh, I have a little bit of a I had a sore throat. It became a cold, and uh, it's just lingering for a little bit. So I'm I'm guessing you can hear it. The uh, the good thing about it is my low tones can get even lower than they've ever been. Well, Barry White, yeah. rest in peace. Yeah. So um, that's where I'm at uh, in terms of sickness. It's made me a little ornery. Uh, Are you not good when you're sick? You know, I don't have any patience when I'm sick. That's I think there's a difference. I'm overall... Uh, uh, a lot of fun to be around. Uh, <laughs> Barrel of laughs, as some have described it. Yeah, I just, I don't have a lot of patience for criticism when I'm sick. That's what it is. And we'll get into that in a minute. But I wanted to find out, more importantly, what's going on with your face. <laughs> That's usually the last thing that's said before a punch is thrown in a bar. <laughs> What's wrong with your face, bro? Uh, I had uh, four wisdom teeth taken out uh, Friday at 10.30 in the afternoon. Um, now, you had talked about this a little bit, uh, the lead-up on the last podcast, so now we're following through to find out what exactly has happened to your face. I was so excited about getting those teeth out of my face. One of them had cracked. It allowed a nerve to be infected. I was in... I, I was in battlefield on uh, during eighteen twelve pain, you know, like when you're in pain and like medicine hasn't been invented yet. Like I was just, I was just hurting. So it's, it's just, uh, we're, we're good now. I'm happy. Uh, my recovery was pretty, pretty damn quick. Um, you know, they, somebody has to drive you home because, uh, uh, because they put you under, I was out for like an hour uh, but I felt good. I actually, be, believe it or not, I recorded a promo for this show with I, Frank. I swear it's for anybody listening. I swear I'm not trying to be funny. I do not remember recording this promo, but really? I did. I, I swear to, on my children's life. I do not remember recording it. I don't even know if we can use it. Do I curse or anything in it? No, no. So let me explain what happened to you. I didn't realize, uh, you were incapacitated at the time. So <laughs> I had just texted you and you were texting me things back and they were kind of short texts, but they were still texts <laughs> coming back to me. I have no idea what I said to you. Um, this is fascinating to me. Yeah. So I had texted you about um, asking you when you could, when you could re record this week because I had a lot going on, so we're recording earlier in the week. It's actually Labor Day that we're recording. Um, and I asked, do you work normal hours on Monday? And then you sent me a, a screenshot uh, or a, a shot of a uh, computer screen and then a shot of something on your finger, the uh, blood pressure probably, uh, or heart monitor, and then a picture of you almost becoming the Michelin Man. <laughs> <laughs> this white thing around you and i texted you oh my god you're turning white <laughs> really white take that thing off your finger 
um so then you uh you texted me something of you just babbling on and i said that's next week's promo and then you actually recorded something that was a direct promo uh that was perfect so then i later texted you you're alive you're leaving the gym and i'm so glad you had that promo while blasted so uh, and then you're asking me, you're sober at this point. You're like, did we post it on our site? I'll post it everywhere. I'm like, no, no, no. That'll be for next week's, um, uh, you know, this this coming week's. Because why would we post it for last week's? We're going to talk about it this week. So even when you are completely back with it, you don't make a lot of sense. Yeah. So there's um, really no difference. So that's uh, that. That was an advantage for me. Is like you couldn't tell. I mean, I was, uh, you know, apparently I was wheelchaired out of the facility because, I mean, they do the procedure at a hospital. Like, it's at a hospital. So, you know, um, you know, they, they wheelchaired me out. I don't I do remember sitting in the passenger seat and, and, and saying things, but I don't know what I said. And then I came home and I slept again. But like I would say, you know, I had surgery at 1030 Friday morning. I would say by nine o'clock Friday night, I was like 75% back. And the next day I was really good. What's really funny is that I didn't know that immediately. I just, I had texted you and wasn't sure. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to abuse this situation where you are blasted. (laughs) This will be perfect for a promo. Uh, And it, it turned out great. And I'm sure people have seen it already. So yeah, I'll use everything to try and get uh, downloads on our podcast. And there we go. No Why not exploit a host that can't defend himself? Yeah, yeah. And you, you, were, <laughs> you were game. You just didn't know it. Hey, so, that's anything for the show, baby. Yeah. So for me, I just have a cold. I don't know where I got the cold. I traveled so much in the last week or so on so many different planes do you have a formula for how frank gets a cold because for me it's me sleeping with no shirt on with the, kind of the window crack when it's starting to get cold like a little when winter's starting to come i need to have a t-shirt on or i'll get sick like do you have a if you take three back-to-back long flights it knocks your immune system down like what's the formula for you getting sick uh that not enough happen. sleep not enough sleep um if I if my feet are left out with a ceiling fan on, yeah, bare feet and ceiling hand fan seems to be something that can do it. But I'll also get I know when a cold is coming on because the uh, the back of my throat, one side or the other, will start to just have a stinging feeling, and two days later, I will have a full on cold. So if I can hit that early, if I can feel the sore throat coming on early enough, I think I can sometimes blast it out and yeah. it, with vitamin C and it doesn't ever get as bad. But this time I miss the signs and it's just attacked me pretty hard. And then it's now going to settle in my chest and linger for months. Probably. That sounds like a Shania Twain song. I missed the signs. <laughs> you're cheating hard <laughs> and, and there was my cough that came from my chest that is lingering so all right this is this is the thing i wanted to um bring up with you in terms of my orneriness and it's ornery ornery get all the syllables in so people are paying attention and not getting the wrong idea so i don't always i don't always look at all 
my Facebook comments right away or the messages people send me. And sometimes I just go back in time, have a little uh, jaunt. Uh, I went on a jaunt for about two months ago, back two months ago, and found this one where somebody had claimed that, or they didn't claim, they said I didn't spend the proper amount of time with them at a meet and greet. Now, first of all, uh, it was at a club show. Okay, it was a club. Let me set it all up. Club in the um, outside of Los Angeles. And it wasn't even a club. It was like a, a thing I took a one-nighter to go work on material. Um, and I remember this meet and greet, first of all. And it was, it was a place they didn't have the security set up right. So people don't understand. People will come up to you and they'll want to spend all day. And I, I just don't have that kind of time because there are people waiting in line yes. to get to that. And not everybody does a meet and greet, first of all. And there was no obligation by... I don't think most people don't. Yeah. There's no obligation by me to do a meet and greet at all. Um, I wanted to because I do like to thank people for coming out and stuff like that. But there's a line of 200 people... I don't I can't go over people's life stories right. and uh, some people have expectations that you do now Debbie first of all that name is kind of a red flag to me I don't know why not all Debbies are bad but I think there's a pretty good percentage of crazy Debbies does that seem I'd agree with that I don't know why starting with little Debbie like she used those snack cakes to lure people yeah, and the one that did Dallas and all the other cities. <laughs> you mean the better Debbie? Yeah, the, <laughs> that was another kind of tasty cake. The fun sister, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, um, so she sends me this uh, message, and I see it months later. I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to reply to it. I feel bad that I haven't replied in such a long time because I didn't know what I was doing. But I took the time, again, to reply. And her problem was that I, if I'm doing a meet and greet, I need to spend more time with people and not seem rushed. And wow, that seemed to be a, a little bit of a red flag. And I went back with to her and said, well, listen, there's a lot going on. From what I remember, I had to get somewhere. And there were also people that had gone through the line that were waiting around to come back and do more. There were multiple people who had screwed up their Wait, pictures the first time. double dipping the line? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it happens sometimes. Like, the last person with me, a lot of times, is somebody who thinks they're going to get an hour with you. And oh, because they're like, I waited some the last person, so I, you know, yeah. it's open-ended how we're going to yes. end Yes, and that's just not what it is. And when there's no security people there, and a lot of times they don't even have that, but if you don't, there were drunk people at this thing. So when there's right. people that are that drunk, people are grabbing you. You don't know what's going on, and if somebody's not there to help out, it can be a, a, a trouble. You can be about halfway through it and be like, I got to get out of here. Yeah, there's was, like guys start acting a little weird or like they kind of grab your arm or something. No, yeah. I'm, I it's more the women. The women will just start grabbing you in the pictures. And I'm just going, this is not okay. But I remember this woman because she was just staring at me like, you got to go? You got to go? Why do you have to go? I'm like, I, I, I have to get back to L.A. and fly out. I, And I didn't want to make a scene about the drunk people, which I believe she was one of. 
Yeah. And and she and her reply to me was she might have been drinking or she was drinking, but she was definitely wasn't drunk. Like, no one ever is, Frank. No one's ever drunk. Are they 20 years of stand up? And uh, no one's ever been drunk. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't laugh in here. <laughs> so I do the reply. She replies back to me. And my reply was while I had the cold at probably two in the morning because I couldn't sleep. And I was just like, ah, I'll look at some Facebook stuff. A bad formula for me to, yes. to, to, to do this kind of stuff because I'm just already have this feeling of uh, whatever. But I could tell from this person that it was almost like uh, somebody from the opposing political party going out and trying to troll somebody. But I wasn't doing I wasn't fully doing it to be mean. I was kind of going. I remembered who she was. I was like, ah, you know, somebody was drunk. I had to get out of there. And it just is what it is. That's what a meet and greet is. Most people take a picture and somebody basically moves you out and charges. A lot of people charge $50, $75 to do that. I did it for free. Right. And her comeback to me was, well, maybe if you charged, you'd be a little bit nicer. So I would have to pay for you to be nice. It's like, that's not even what I said. I just said I was taking the time to do this just to be nice to audience members because they were nice to come out and support me. Right. (coughs) So that reply back to me, got her. I just banned her from my page. And was like, goodbye, uh, you, you don't get it. People are grabbing me. There's drunk people. It, you know, any woman who would stand at a bar and get, you know, fondled, grabbed, whatever, would just want to be, would want to leave right away too, right? Right. And you're sitting there. You have no real defense other than saying, I, I need to go. If you're trying to be cordial and not embarrass anybody, you just go, you know what? I, I need to go. I need to get out of here. I got to catch a plane early in the morning. Thank you guys very much, but I have to get going. But for somebody to complain on a on a meet and greet that wasn't mandatory by any means, it was just like, hey, let's do this. You guys, I really appreciate you coming out. This is my appreciation back. We'll take a picture. People are most 99% people are just happy with that and they're like, let's move on. But this person just it wasn't enough. Do you think, I mean, what do you think would have satisfied her? Look, Looking back on it, what would have been a perfect Caliendo experience for Debbie? Like, what do you think she just wanted to talk and, like, maybe you guys, like, go from, like, the meet and greet to actually going to sitting down at the bar and just talking shop? Like, what do you think she wanted? I think it was probably going to play some mini golf. I think yeah, that's like probably probably what she wanted. It establishing was a, a lifelong bond? Yeah, I, I don't know. I Listen, I've gone to meet and greets with super famous people, and the meet and greet is basically step in, take a picture. They don't even talk to you. I say hello to everybody. I ask where they're from. If there's something that ties me to that, I'll be like, oh, or if I've been to a club in that area or a theater, talk about that for a few seconds. But you can't, you just can't do it. You can't have a full conversation because you'd be there for four hours. And the, right. the, the venue doesn't want that because they don't want you taking all the people away from their drinking and stuff like that. Who was the last meet and greet that you a, a that you either a paid for or B was a part of, but like you didn't, you had no affiliation with the entertainer. You were just a fan. Um, who was the last one? Uh, I would say, 
Well, I don't, I, t- I don't, I don't do much of that. I bring my wife or my my kids for that. One of them would be Jeff Goldblum at a uh, a Comic Con kind of thing. Um, That's a good one. Some of the um, uh, other Avengers that weren't Josh Brolin or Chris Evans at the Ace Comic Con in Seattle, where we got to spend some time with Chris Evans and Brolin. Uh, for me personally, one that I was at was at a Super Bowl party, and it was kind of more for Michelle than me. It was Pitbull, so yeah. Pitbull was playing some uh, corporate party kind of thing or an NFL Mister Three Hundred Five. Yeah, honors legends something for the NFL that we were invited to. So we did a quick meet and greet because we had the pass. I don't, I don't ever do that kind of thing, and I, I never go to the meet and greets. And uh, it was just a step in, take a picture. He says maybe one word to you and you move on. And to me, uh, I like to do a little more with the meet and greet than that. But that's basically what, what they are for most people. And like I said, people are spending 50, 100 bucks to get these things. And that's why I like to engage a little bit and have a moment. But if you're Chris Evans or one, if you're Robert Downey Jr. who doesn't even do it, but if you're somebody that big, you don't even have time because there are literally hundreds and thousands of people in a day that come through. And it's it's kind of, it's in a way, it's mentally exhausting. I, I've done it at a lot of corporate events. It'll be 30 people. And by the end of 30 or 50 people, you're like, holy cow, this is this is actually tiring, all this shaking hands and the smile and, you know, the flash going off in your eyes. It doesn't sound yeah, like that. Yeah, posing for 30 p- pictures is a lot. I mean, it sounds, to anybody, it probably sounds ridiculous, but it's just, it's not a heavy workload by any means, but it's a weird drain on your soul. Yeah. It's social and emotional energy that's coming out. I guess. I don't know. I, I It sounds like big I look like f- a black Russian nesting doll in this. Uh, yeah, you do. And I love that you can't even come close to, you start out in the center every time you're ever on screen. <laughs> and by the Slowly time rotate. you're done, yeah, it's... You're 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 far to one side or the other. I don't know. Yeah, you you look like a bad, like a really pathetic ninja. Yeah, like a ninja that just didn't make it. So I just I just do work around the dojo, just to make myself useful. <laughs> you're yeah, your custodial services at the dojo. Yeah, there's got to be a custodian ninja that's just like hey, there's no hot water upstairs. And you gotta refill the heavy bag or something. <laughs> Rehang it. Well, I, I don't, you know, I do. Is have we not debunked ninjas now that MMA is a because did it, uh, I, I don't know if you can answer this, but did like MMA get rid of karate and taekwondo? Because doesn't it incorporate? Because an MMA hold guy. Hold on one can, second. Hold on, I got a new uh, sound effect I'm gonna do in promo. Al goes off on a tangent. <laughs> All right, ninjas. Yeah. Has MMA debunked? everything in that an MMA guy can beat a karate guy because an MMA guy can do karate and everything else. Whereas a karate, like no, remember it used to be a saying, Hey, back up buddy. I know karate. No one says that shit anymore. Are the, I mean, are the ninjas allowed to though? I don't think they're allowed to do that. kind. How of come thing. a ninja hasn't just kicked everybody's ass in the MMA in, in the UFC? Because they take their, 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 they live by a code Al. Ninjas, don't they? Samurais, ninjas, don't they all live by codes that we as mortals cannot understand? Well, they, they're allowed to make money. I mean, it's a good point. I mean, you're making a very good point. That, that's You would think a ninja 
would beat everybody. Yeah, and it just doesn't seem like that. I don't think ninjas ever thought they'd run into wrestlers. I think wrestlers changed everything because there's once somebody can get their hands on you and you can't move anymore, that's a problem. So that changed. I think just fighting with swords and like leg sweeps, I think it was kind of even. But like once you have somebody that can just grab your leg and it's over forever. You can like all those other ones. Yeah, it's a wrap. A ninja's never gonna be. You're never gonna touch a ninja. A real ninja, they're hiding in the ceiling. Oh, so he just drops down, slits your throat, and keeps moving. Yeah, mm. but they don't. They're not allowed to have the weapons. Don't ninjas have weapons? What if a ninja was allowed to start with three throwing stars, and if you avoided those, then you guys could fight straight up? <laughs> I don't. You're not allowed to have objects in there, right? Well, in pro wrestling, you could. Remember, they would always distract the ref, and he would pull something, some wrench out of his trunks. Mr. Fuji would use the dust. That was the, the dust. And the, who used to spit? Somebody used to spit some kind of mist or something. Uh, I don't know. Iron Sheik used to spit on people, didn't he? Yeah, they. Uh, the WWF didn't really go out on a limb in terms of trying to avoid stereotypes. They were like, here's Mr. Fuji. Shut up. No, it was all He's stereotypes. Asian. Deal right, with it. Let's get back to my. Sorry. Are you, are you done on that? I'm all done. And we're back. So, my other run in was I did a club, I did Nashville, and I was working on a bunch of material. And I did an hour and 20 minute show. Was it loose? Yes. Did I hit some of the greatest hits? Absolutely. Did I give people. Everything that they could have wanted in that show somewhere in it? I believe so. And did I let even people call impressions out at the end for me to do that I had missed during the show? Yes. My question to you before I move on with the story is, when you do a club, what do you, do you do all finished material? Or do you go out there and try some stuff throughout? Where, what do you, for me, theaters should be a finished product. Oh, yes. Clubs are a workshop, and if they're paying, they got to get the good stuff too um, at various forms. But a lot of times people like to – I'll get ripped for doing too much old stuff. So now I'm doing lots of new stuff, and it might be a little loose, but as long as they're laughing the whole time, I think they're getting a full show. And none of that, an hour and 20 minutes, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. And, I, you know, if I am going to play around, I usually start with a joke that I know, uh, and then I'll play around right after the first joke, as it seems like I'm settling in, but I'm trying some new stuff. And then I'll just do the rest of my acts. But sometimes so I'll try and do, like, f- four to six new minutes right as soon as the show starts while I'm still excited and I have energy. And then once I segue into the stuff I know I'm going to do, then – I kind of settle in and just dig in. And if they didn't like the stuff up front, they'll forget it in the next 50 minutes, hopefully, you know? Yeah. So you had some complaints? Uh, just one major one. <clears throat> well, what happened was a casino show got announced. And a guy's like, I went to see him last week. And he's, he's, his thing was, for the first minute, for the first five minutes, he read texts. Well, that's not true. I read one text from my wife to set up that I was going to talk about my wife. And it was real. And to me, it's like, I don't know. Is it so bad to read a text? They're laughing the whole time. It's not like they weren't laughing. They're, it's a real life thing. I wanted people to understand my relationship between me and my wife. 
So I did that. And then his next thing was I did 20 minutes of random stories. What is stand-up other than stories? I mean, it was about stuff about my kids and my wife and me and my life. So how is that random stories and what's wrong with that? Then he said something about I spent 30 minutes talking or not doing impressions, which which I was actually doing impressions that whole time. I talked about all the things that make it difficult to do impressions in this day and age. Things like a the, a hashtag problem. Uh, I'll do that joke about Bill Cosby. Ten years ago, if I'd have said the name Bill Cosby, everybody in this room was, I hope he's going to do a Bill Cosby. And I say the name Bill Cosby now, people are like, Ooh, I hope he's not going to do a Bill Cosby. You right. Just, right. You could just feel it. That's a joke. That's not that, – there's a real joke to that. There's a moment, and I'm giving you insight into my life and how I'm trying to change my act and be this different person and t- come from truth. That's what my whole act is right now. And again, a little loose, yeah, a casino show going to be completely different. And then he said, your opener, the opener was great. So it was like that was the tag that was supposed to hurt me. So I sent him back. Uh, My opener's name is George Cantor. He's fantastic. I bring him with me everywhere. And as far as what you're talking about, hey, it's a club show. I'm working on stuff. And I didn't get this far into depth, but club owners have actually said to me, just go up there and do other stuff. Take chances. Why not? Don't do the same stuff all the time. And People will like that. So now that I'm trying to become more of a true comic and an artist, it's the difficult thing for me is I'm getting, you know, some backlash from the old audience as opposed to some of the new audience that's there to see and hear all this different new stuff. Did you just die? (laughs) What just happened? (laughs) I was hoping you wouldn't call me out. My uh, my power uh, cord came out, and my uh, my laptop was going to die, and we would have lost this podcast. So I had to make an immediate dive so to the floor before let me my laptop. To people who died. don't know what's going on, <laughs> sorry. Al does the show from Denver. I do it from Phoenix area, and we do it over the internet. We look at each other on cameras. I don't even know if I had you on. I don't think I had you on the camera at that time. I tried I to make sure that I wasn't on camera so I could duck down really quickly. My uh, my ice pack came off my head. My headphones came off because I was like, oh, my laptop's about to die. And we would have lost the whole podcast. It would have been a disaster. Well, I looked down. You weren't actually on the screen. That was the thing is I, I, I'm just switching back and forth <laughs> between you and me. So right now the camera's on me, so it's not on you at all. The way we used to do it that we would both be on the screen at the same time. And now I realize that by switching back and forth, I can scratch my face and stuff like that and not seem so awkward. But you ducked out of the screen. You didn't tell me anything was happening. You ducked out of the screen for maybe four or five seconds. Do a, do a little demo of what you just did. I looked at the screen and I saw a red battery and I was like, oh no, we're going to lose this. So I just moved the mic. And I went straight down, then given the illusion that nobody's there anymore. And I heard you finish your point about saying that you get more pushback from uh, older fans than newer ones. And I was ready to address that, but then you questioned whether I just uh, passed out or died. Well, I didn't know if it was... was 
Very, that was a very fair question. I'm sure I don't know if it prank. is tied into the wisdom to teeth removal or what. <laughs> no. So I do feel this. I do feel this. There's two audiences that I have now. I've talked about this a few times. I've got the old audience um, that, and I, there's nothing wrong with this audience. Um, I just want to hit a more diverse and more ages and stuff like that. But a, a lot of the older white guys that come out to see me just want John Madden the whole time. And I just he's not even in culture anymore, so I do some of it. I do a few minutes. I talk about how that affects my life, but it's not 20 minutes of John Madden like it used to be because it's not pertinent to the world around us anymore. Not at all. And I think, I think that's you fair. You lose a lot of your audience if you did that. <clears throat> yeah, I think it, it just would be boring. It would be the same stuff over and over and over. And uh, I'm trying to develop and do more things. But I'm not used to this backlash of more. And uh, the, the thing I used to get the most of was, hey, I saw you do this bit two years ago. So now I'm doing all kinds of new stuff. It's a little looser. And but it's more me. So now I'm getting a backlash on this isn't what you used to do. I'm like, I, I can't do the same thing. I would have to have 500 new impressions and then write 500 bits with takes, you know, maybe not 500, but, it, you know, 20 new impressions. And I just don't even, that's the problem with my old act is I always had to learn a new impression to do a new bit. So right. I'm just trying to talk from life now because I was, I always admired people that could go out there and just talk about anything in their life. I'm like, man, I've got to work on a voice and create a whole scenario that makes sense. Find a take on somebody that might not even be there. And now I have to develop the bit around that, tell the jokes from the character's perspective, rather than people, especially like Lewis Black when I was younger, I would see, he could just talk. And right. I, again, some of it's developed and it's an act, but you can't get there without just going out there and talking. Well, that makes sense. And I mean, it's it's weird what we ask from our entertainers because I think that you are, you've been around long enough and have had a, a fan base long enough that... Certain things, it's like if you went to go see Lionel Richie and he was like, hey, I got some stuff for my new album. Everybody be like, shut up. We want to hear Dancing on the Ceiling. Shut up. You know, like they don't want to hear anything new from from Lionel Richie. Whereas if you're a 30 year old that's going with your parents to go see Lionel Richie, you've never seen him. And he's like, hey, I've got some new stuff. It's all new stuff to you mostly. So his new stuff is not as like iconic where you're like i want to hear once twice three times a lady and i want you to get off the stage i don't want it they literally don't want to hear anything new from lionel richie whereas a, a newer fan it's all kind of new so they wouldn't even be able to differentiate but people just lock you into your frank caliendo you made me laugh 10 15 years ago with madden and that's who you are in my life and that's where i need you to stay i don't want you to start talking politics. I don't want you to tell me about your kid. I just want you to do Madden because that's what I know <laughs> I like. It's almost like a five-year-old uh, trying to get them to eat anything other than nuggets. They're like, I like nuggets. Why would I have anything other than what I know I like? So it's just, it's it's a weird conundrum, but if you want to keep your fan base rejuvenated and refreshed and bringing new people in, because eventually, we've seen this with every kind of artist, whether they're comics or musicians or act you know whatever if you don't keep refreshing your fan base your fan base gets old and then they stop coming out i remember talking to um 
Remember the comedian Brett Butler? Yeah. I remember okay. talking. Yeah. Yes. I remember talking to her early in my career, and she was like, "Yeah, my fans are super old now, man." She was like, "She does, uh, she does six o'clock shows. She was, and this was fourteen years ago. She, her fan base is that old that she was doing six p.m. shows. So I got some of those. Yeah, and I, first of all, I'm down with the six p.m. show. Shoot. No, but uh, I mean, I, I for me, uh, that's that's part. If I'm gonna do, if I think there's a market that might do two shows." I'll I'll start out with like the six and add like the eight thirty because ten is too late on it. I do a lot of weeknight shows at clubs. Right, that makes sense. So, yeah, I I don't know. It's just very. It's just fr- understand it's necessary. It's a necessary growing pain if you're going to to keep reinventing yourself. It's like people don't want you to reinvent yourself. They want you to stay how they like you. Yeah, I think some of that, and it's they just. It, this is a person who didn't want to think that much, because like, I make people think a little bit more, and they have to listen the whole time. Now, I want you to understand something else: that at this show at Zany's in Nashville, I got a standing ovation. So it was a show where I got a standing ovation, and this guy's complaining about the show. Not, and it wasn't like a we're all getting up to go at the same time. You know, we're getting up, we paid our checks, we're all gonna leave. It was like standing ovation, like do some more. After I'd done an hour and 20 minutes, 80 minutes on the stage. And my old act didn't get a lot of standing ovations. Not because, And I think part of it's because it didn't have a real tie to me personally. Right. People have a tie to me personally in the shows now. They see where I'm coming from. They get the perspective of Frank Caliendo around the characters. So I'm giving them the characters. I'm giving them impressions. They're getting the little bits that uh, I've been known for. But at the same time, I'm growing and teaching them a little bit about me. And this guy complained. And it, and it wasn't even – even if he had just complained to me in a uh, text or something like that, a message on Facebook, it wasn't that. He was trying to hurt my business somewhere else. That's uh, a great point. Yeah, that, he, yeah he, he, he was trying to hurt your business. That's he was offended by, I guess, in quotes, by what I did, and my retaliation was, and again, the sickness is, uh, the little bit of illness is making my frustration grow, and my um, my patients are not that, uh, my patients are pretty thin for something like that. But it was like he didn't even try to come to me and say, "Hey, I didn't understand what you're doing in the show." And for somebody like that, if they did that to me, I might say, hey, listen, I, I get it. But I think I did a, a, a lot of extra time. I did everything that you probably came to see. It was just scattered throughout the show as opposed to hit, 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 hit like a heavyweight fight. It was more like a ninja in a UFC fight. And uh, <laughs> there you go. And also, only a crazy person would sit through a show that they felt that they that was not good or had problems and then watch the audience stand up and applaud in a standing ovation and then still hold. If I was at a show and like, let's say it was, uh, you know, acoustic wind instruments and I was sitting there and I was like, I don't know this music, but I don't like this. I don't, I don't know if this is good. And the show ended and everybody stood up and applauded. I would be like, well, I'm clearly not nuanced enough in this because everybody in this audience just gave a standing ovation, so maybe it's me. I promise I would have that reaction like, no, uh, your job is to entertain your audience, and they, this person 
even though I didn't enjoy it, entertain the audience to the point where they stood up and clapped. So the fact, I guarantee you, the fact that you got a standing O further incensed this man, further angered him. Maybe. I I don't know. I just don't know how you come at me. And it's just people's expectations again. And maybe I'm just out of the loop and don't understand it. But I like your point of, but we're self-aware, I think. And we can be more self-aware because we're in the entertainment business. You go somewhere, and if it's not for you, it's like going to watch an alternative comic and going, I, I don't know, I don't get it, but the people love the person. And you're going, yeah. all right, I guess I'm just not right for this, but I'm not going to rip that person's art form. That's the, I, It's me who's in the, you know, who doesn't get it at that point. Right. It's like if you went, like I'm sure some people saw Flight, Flight of the Concords and they were like, I love this. Some people are like, I don't get it. You know, it's just like there's different kinds of comedy. There's different kinds of everything. And it's it's weird how people just want it their one way. And if they don't want it, they're going to try and take your legs out. I just what what like what if uh, I want to talk to this guy and be like, what if you found out that. Twenty five people read your review and it cost Frank X amount of dollars in ticket sales. Are you happy about that? Like, what is what was your end goal here? Like, it's not the, it's not the war. It's not like you're a restaurant and you go, hey, I found pieces of glass at Frank's place. And be careful because my daughter was about to take a bite. That's one thing. That's saying don't eat here because it could hurt you. When you go and you criticize somebody's art form, especially you lay it out and you say things that are disingenuous, like for 20 minutes, he just stood there, you know, these kind of over-exaggerated lies that don't, you just know couldn't possibly be true. It's like, what is, do you, was it that bad that you want to financially damage me? Like, what is, what is your end game here, sir or madam? I think, is my question, and and we uh, I, let me get your opinion on this, Frank, because it kind of segues perfectly. This isn't a, an Al random uh, tangent. This is actually a perfect seg- segue. Uh, <laughs> you know, we we talk a lot uh, talk a lot about on my show Daily Blast Live. Watch it every day. Um, and we were talking about um, Yelp reviews, and certain businesses are suing people for negative Yelp reviews because some of them have been able to prove that these people never have even been to the the restaurant. And certain people are saying things that just straight up aren't true. You know, saying things like there was a spider in my water and things like that. And so, and their claim basically is no different than, than you spray painting. I hate insert type of person here on the side of my building. You are, making it harder for us to to get customers and you're not there's nothing to base it on you're just writing you you're basically writing graffiti on the internet how do you feel about that i i I think it's a big problem i i don't know and people don't always know the whole situation and people don't take the time to figure the situation out and people react emotionally i used to do it when i first got on twitter if something happened at a store or something like that, I'd immediately tweet about how bad the store was. And then I feel like I became an adult again. <laughs> I, got, I had to get out of it like, for a while. And that's the way people have power. There's people have this power all of a sudden with social media that they've never had before. Suddenly they're the TSA agent of the world. They can stop you in your tracks 
and not let you move on with your day the way you'd like to. So I, I, I don't like it. I, you know, people don't, the person on Facebook who didn't know my situation that day, but then didn't even care after the fact, it bothered me that somebody would come after me about that, about my own personal time that I'm taking that has nothing to do really uh, in my belief with the show. And then somebody to do that and not to come to me, but to try and damage me somewhere else. And I'm, I'm totally honest. I'm, the club shows are for me to work on more stuff. I pitch them that way. I say I'm going to – now, if the clubs don't promote them that exact way, there's nothing I can do about that. This club in particular, I think, does a good job of that, and they have comics come in. And If you have a comic that does a lot of theater shows, the fact that they're in a club means they're doing something different than what they normally do. And maybe the right, average person – because they would just go to a theater and make a boatload of money. Yeah, maybe the, uh, maybe the average person doesn't know that. Um, so I have to take that into account. But at the same time, don't, 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 don't attack me – in some other way, and I just I, again, I I didn't even block the person. I just muted them on that, so I just wouldn't have to see them. Because if they if you block them, they know it. If you mute mute them, they don't have any idea. So yeah, it's just like they're yelling into a fan. Yeah, I just I don't know. I think people and myself well, included. Was well, Frank, there. you know what makes me happy, and, and and as an artist, not only as a friend of yours, but uh, so just as a fellow artist, and it just it's so inspiring is like you still give a shit and, and i didn't for I a think, long time that's part of the thing i i yeah. for like years i just kind of went up there and went through the motions and now i'm working it and now that no, i'm no, working hard life, frank just talk about comedy <laughs> <laughs> now that i'm working really hard at trying to be more me and more current when people take uh action against that it 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 bothers i wouldn't say it offends me it's just like no, it's personal. No, you yeah, can yeah. be honest when you say that. It's when you're talking about if you have a joke about your kids and somebody doesn't like it, you're you I as a normal person, I would take I would take more offense at that than somebody just like if you're like, Yeah, I woke up and I was in bed with three blondes and one of them said this is like clearly a joke, it's just a joke, it's whatever. You're detached from it. But the more and more attached you are to your material, you're gonna they're gonna that joke is gonna be like your little baby. You know? Yeah, and to me, it's just a full-on persona, and uh, it was interesting because I, I said back to the guy, I "Go, I'm sorry you didn't get the puppet show you wanted. This is just who I am, and am I personally a little bit scattered? Yeah, I talk about that at the beginning of the show. It's who I am. If you listen to this podcast or have heard me doing any interviews in the last six months to a year on any other podcasts or anything else I've done, you've heard me talking about this. And I'm out there letting everybody know where I'm coming from. And then it's a little bit of a work in progress. But I think people that have been listening to me and listening to us, they get it a lot more. And they, they like the shows a lot more than what I used to do, which was just there was no emotion attached to it and no personal meaning to it. And now there's a lot of that. And it's just interesting to me that people – are just looking for this, give me the conveyor belt, give me the assembly line show. That's what I came to see. I'm like, I, I can't, I don't even want to do that anymore. Yeah, well, the, you, they could make the argument. I'm playing uh, douchebag devil's uh, advocate here. 
Uh, what if they say, well, that's what you've been giving me and that's what I've been paying for. So, of course, I'm going to expect that. What would you say to that? Well, that's why I'm out there doing all the interviews and my promos and stuff all say working on a bunch of new stuff, working on different things. Right. I'm out there um, projecting that. I'm not projecting completely new. Uh, and like I said, club owners have told me, hey, everybody works on stuff here at the clubs. That's why they're coming to do these shows. I've seen people go up like big, big name comics, big, big, you know, huge stars go up and sell tickets on the road. And they go up with notes. Right. And I didn't, I didn't go up there with notes. And I'm just, like I said, I come from honesty. I, I say, hey, I'm trying some new stuff. I'm going to do a bunch of different things. I know you're looking for the impressions. I'm going to do that. Uh, and I even do a couple of the impressions while I'm saying that I'll get to the impressions. And it's, uh, I think it's, it, you know, I'm trying to break the fourth wall for people. And some people just can't handle that. Some people can't handle the fourth wall being broken. I guess I'm just going to have to live with that. And the fact that I'm trying to be more uh, of an artist and less of a business person, it, you know, I go to do a corporate show. I'm not going to do a show like that. But right. I go out to the clubs. It's a weeknight at a club. And I'm telling people, hey, I'm working on a bunch of different things. I'm going to do what you came to see. Um, but you know, when, when somebody, when a, a musical artist goes out there and doesn't play any of their hits, I get that an audience could be like, what are you doing? Why didn't you do that? But if they play some of their hits and a lot of their new stuff, I think that's a fair show. Me too. That's fine. I think we, just, we come from a different perspective where we know what it's like to try and create something new. It's not as easy as people think. It, especially when you've established yourself in a, in a certain place. Because, I mean, you, I, I think music, entertainers, just like everybody on the planet – is a different person every 10 to 15 years. I don't think I would want to hang around 28-year-old Al Jackson. I don't think I would. And, you know, I should hope that I wouldn't. You know, he's out going to bars, and so I don't want to do that. I got three kids. So it's like, you know, I think that you should reinvent yourself. And, you know, you are going to have different friends slash fans Every 15 years, as long as you keep reinventing yourself. So I think this is a thing. Yeah. All right. Was there anything else you wanted to get to this week? Oh, I think that's that's it. I wanted to hear. I wanted to because we talked a lot about uh, talked a lot about me and my my teeth last week. So I wanted to uh, I wanted to I wanted to hear about the uh, the meet and greet <laughs> and and everything else. I think we're good. All right. Uh, so. F- Follow us at Alan Frank on various forms of social media. You can email Al at Al at AlanFrank.com and Frank at AlanFrank.com for me. At Al Jackson IG on Instagram for Al at Frank Caliendo uh, everywhere for me. So until next week, uh, just get ready for more complaining. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that's the way we do it now. This was a very personal show for me. I, that, that's this is kind a of good one. There, want to come from on that. I just uh, there's plenty of stuff, but we we had to tape earlier in the week, so some things that uh, might be a little more timely later. Uh, we'll get back to that when we have a chance. And also, I think that's a bit what the people want to hear. They want to hear honesty, man. Everybody's a sucker for the truth. What do I always say? Uh, I will disagree with you slightly on that. I think younger people. And the uh, people getting entertainment that are getting it from the internet, they want to see more truth. I think older people still want vaudeville. Some of them do. 
Yeah. Not all, but there's there's a there's a bit and navigating that's difficult. Yeah, I'd agree with that. All right, Al. We I don't want to hear about your personal problems. Do your shuffling. <laughs> all right, now do John Madden uh, running for president in the, the uh, early 1900s <laughs> and make it uh, make it seem new. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll talk All to right, you brother. next week, Al. Good job, brother. All right.